For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that the proper time, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering you are being, you are experienced, you are being experienced to by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, that God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. In other words, be humble. Drop your pride. It ain't all about you. And I don't care how strong you are, how great you are, how smart you are. It ain't all about you. Listen, the truth is, I'm never going to be as strong as one of the Stovall brothers. Right now, they could beat me up. It's just what it is. And I'm okay with that because I have a better beard than they'll ever have. <laughs> and because I'm a Georgia fan. And bless their heart, they're Bama fans. Now listen, you know what I just gave you on this? Proverbs 31 for girls. 1 Peter 5 for guys. You know what I just gave you? Dating advice. This is who you should look for. Guys, if you think that the best possible girl is the hottest girl, it may be but that's not the first thing you go look for. I think it's hilarious. My sister, when I was younger, when I was in eighth grade, I started dating this girl that I thought was the hottest girl in school. And so like all of a sudden I'm like, I'm like more popular because I'm dating Faith, right? Okay. My sister completely brought me back down to earth. And she said, Matt, let me just ask you a quick question. She's five years older than me and she can do this like no one else can. She said, can we respect her as much here and here as we can here and here? And I was like, I'm 14. Why don't you slow down? <laughs> now, 15 years later, I've remembered it. And that's so true. Guys, you should be looking for a girl that's not flaunting everything she's got to the world, but that's hiding everything she has, waiting for someone to give it to. Right? Proverbs 31 is what you look after. Now, girls, you're not off the hook. <laughs> slow down with your snaps and everything, okay? What you got to look for, you got to look for a guy that has humility. You got to look for a guy that it ain't all about him. A guy that's willing to serve you. Now there is a, there's a mutual voluntary submission that happens in marriage where a guy and a girl both collectively say, I'm going to submit to each other. A lot of times we can get roles reversed and guys, we can think that we got to be this man and put our foot down and they're going to follow me. The best following they'll ever do is by loving you. And the best leading they'll ever do is by loving you. And you got to understand how to submit to them in the exact same way. That takes a lot of dropping of your pride. That takes a lot of humility. So girls, look for a guy that has that. You want to go find someone with a lot of pride, a lot of beefed up pride, not just beefed up muscles? You're going to be in for a world of hurt. And you're going to do it to yourself. The Bible shows you how you go be the best you. How you be the best man you can be. How you be the best woman you can be. And it has nothing to do with vanity. Now, is it important to find someone in dating that you think is attractive? Absolutely. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Absolutely. I think my wife is stunning. I think she's more beautiful now than she was eight years ago when I met her. And you don't have to, oh, that's going to be you one day too. Physical beauty matters. Yes, you should be attracted to the person you're dating. But at the same time, if that's all you got, that's going to go away. 
because I'm pretty sure every single person that's ever lived has turned into a cotton head, and that ain't hot, okay? <laughs> Think about it. Gravity wins, <laughs> right? Real talk. So you got to make sure that you're going for what's on the inside more than just what's on the outside. You want to know how to be the best you? You go and live these two things out. And now here's what you do. Now that you know the truth of this, what you got to figure out is, here, here's how you live the wisdom of this. You just heard this. Now you have a model. You have a template. You have a guide. Girls, I need to make myself like this. Guys, I need to model myself after this. And I want to find someone of the opposite sex that fits those. Now you need to go find someone ahead of you that is already there. Who's the couple that's already living this out? Who's the woman that's already showing this, displaying this, living this out? Who's the guy that's already living out this, this strength that comes from weakness? This meekness, this mildness, this humility. And then he's the strongest dude that you know. Who's this person? Go and find that person because they exist and start learning from them. Start watching them. That's who your role model is. Not who culture says it needs to be. It's the person who's living out what you want to be. So do you want to go live this life that's all about vanity? Or do you want to go live the best possible you? Do you want to find everything of who you are in this surface level things? Or do you want to start finding the deeper level issues and realizing there's a source of all those places that you find your fulfillment? Who are the people already living that out? That's who your role model becomes. Now what you've got to understand is that once you do this, culture is going to scream at you. It's this person. It's this way. It's this look. It's this thing. It's this fad. It's this trend. This is how you live. And it's just busyness. It's noise. It's clutter. And it's everywhere. And you have to be careful because the Bible tells us through many stories, and one in particular, that the place that you need to hear where your source is, it comes from God. And you don't hear God in the chaos. You hear God in the silence. You hear God in the quiet. Because you can totally miss the voice of everything that you need unless you realize something like this guy Elijah did. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, we see the story of Elijah. There's a Bible around you if you want to grab one. We're going to, we're going to open up and see what happened with Elijah and hearing the voice of God. 1 Kings chapter 19, pull it up on your phone. There's a Bible under your chair. I'm going to read from my Bible. And what's happened is that Elijah is a prophet of the Lord. He's a prophet. He's telling, he is a man sent from God to go tell all of God's people what's going on and what God wants them to hear. Well, the problem is that Israel has turned and now they're killing all the prophets. So Elijah's on the run. Everyone's chasing him. Everyone's fearing him and everyone's going after him to end his life. And all he wants, he's desperate to hear from God. And so if you come into this place tonight and you think to yourself, everything Matt's saying is totally on point. What you need to understand is that there needs to all of a sudden now, the next thing is there needs to be a desperation for God's voice. Because he's the voice that can speak everything you're seeking into your heart. He's the one that created you. He's the one that fashioned you. He's the one that loves you. So go listen to him. But the way you listen to him may not be how you think. And it may require something of you. Because Elijah shows us it's not in the chaos that you hear him. It's in the quiet. And so Elisha was fleeing everyone chasing him. 
And God took him up to a cave in a mountain. And I want you to follow now chapter 19, starting in verse 11. Just a few verses. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. This is the voice of the Lord telling Elijah, go out now and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice that said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Now I think if you would stop and learn how to silence yourself from everything around you and just listen, then you'll start to hear the voice of the Lord. And he'll start to speak into you these things that you want. He'll start to, to dim out this chaos and the hustle and bustle and the, and the community that's always there and the connection that's always happening. And you won't have to look around you anymore to find who you are. You'll start to look inside you to realize who God's made you to be, the best version of you. And you start to hear your approval. You start to hear your affirmation. You start to hear your affection. You start to hear your identity. You start to hear your value. And this all of a sudden changes your mindset from being all about you, the narcissism that I had, starting to be all about God starting to realize that the best possible way is to realize who you are and then go love on others. That's the greatest commandment. Love God and love others as you love yourself. There's an order to it. So when it's all about you, you're breaking the model of how God's made you to be. So the first thing you can do before you get any of this is you go and you listen. You disconnect. Because it was nothing around Elijah that allowed him to hear God. And you're not going to find it in your friends. You're not going to find it in your community. I'm not going to find it in your followers. The only way you can hear it is if you slow down. So listen to what Kristen O'Neill says as she ends her article for Relevant Magazine. The last thing to remember about building community is that true community is not continual. True community is not what? Continual. The idea that we should stay constantly connected to friends and significant others is a new one. And it's important that we set apart times of silence so we can intentionally unplug. Scary you word. We're expected to keep our phones on us at all times, to work on vacation, and to message back immediately. But it's a healthy, but it's healthy to regularly step back from this constant engagement to read a book, to write in a journal, to take a walk and to spend some quality time with our Creator. We are busy, but God speaks to us in quiet moments and urges us over and over and over to wait on Him. And how many of us are impatient? Yes. Elijah witnessed many forceful elements, a powerful wind, an earthquake, and a fire. But God finally presents Himself in a gentle whisper, in the lull after the disasters. Community with others is precious and necessary, but we were desi- and we were designed for it. But the most invaluable community is with God himself. So you have to find yourself in God, not in the view of others. 
Don't be lost in the chase of vanity. Be found in the pursuit of God. There's nothing else that I want you to hear tonight is this. Don't be lost in the chase of vanity, right? The selfie culture. Be found in the pursuit of God. That's where you find the best you. That's where you find who you're really made to be. That's where you find your value. That's where you find your acceptance. That's where you find your approval, your identity. That's where you find who you are. Don't get lost in the chase of vanity. Get found. Be found in the pursuit of God. And when you do this, it's going to require something of you. So now that we know these things, let me give you some some reminders. Guys, you get to go live out 1 Peter 5. You get to go figure out how to do that. What does it mean to drop your pride? To live with humility, with meekness. Do you have to be the best at everything? Or can you just be the best you? Girls, goals. Proverbs 31. Are you living in that way? Are you living with integrity? Do people trust you? Is there a beauty to you that comes because of who you are and not what people think you look like? Because here's the deal. You have to be you, guys and girls, because one day someone's going to come along and they're going to see you as you are and they're going to love it. And maybe, and maybe no one will. But that's not up to you to choose. You just have to be true to you. Proverbs 31 is your model, girls. 1 Peter 5 is your model, guys. And so now I'm going to give you two challenges to go live this out. Because maybe you came in here and you realize all this and you're like, oh man, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like I, I built my world around selfies. <laughs> I get it. And y'all, and listen, y'all are a pretty bunch, okay? Like, it's, it's for the sake of the world that you're doing this. But let me give you a challenge. If you need a kickstart, if you need to fix some things, if you need to right-size your heart and get it back to normal and quit dealing with just this surface-level issue and start dealing with a deeper-seated problem, there are two challenges I'm going to give you. The first one is this. For the next 35 days, no selfies. Some of you just, oh, God, oh, man. Mm. It's all right, breathe, breathe. Sorry, I passed out a little bit. I think y'all did too. 35 days, that's five weeks. Don't take a selfie. This will take discipline for some of you. This will take realizing that if you want to hear the real truth in this, no one's going to care. 35 days. Don't take a selfie. If you struggle with that, 35 days, don't take a selfie. Okay? Just to get out of the practice of it. Again, there's nothing wrong with taking a selfie. But if you come in this place and you realize that's me, under the surface, all I'm doing is actually trying to, trying to change the perception of me to fulfill something inside of me that I'm not getting from God. 35 days, five weeks, don't take a selfie. Now here's the second side of it. Maybe you don't take selfies then my challenge for every single person in this room, whether you ever do that or not, next 35 days, one out of every seven days, take a Sabbath. You may not have a normal nine to five schedule of 40 hours a week and the responsibilities that someone in my season of life has, but you still have seven days a week and you still have a schedule and you still have responsibilities and you still strive towards something 
one out of every seven days, cease striving, take a Sabbath. That's a commandment from God because that's how you were designed to live best. You are not designed to work seven days a week. You are at your best when you rest one out of every seven days. It's why Chick-fil-A is so good. Jesus is just in the chicken. But listen, there's truth in this. One out of every seven days, take a rest. I'm not going to tell you which day to take. For me, it's Fridays. Fridays, y'all can't get in touch with me. And I don't take meetings. I'm with my family. I'm not doing other things, other responsibilities. I'm resting my family. I'm not the best at this, and I don't do it every single week. And I'm consistently trying to work on getting this rhythm, this practice into my life. But one out of every seven days, for the next five weeks, I just want y'all to practice it. Take a Sabbath. No selfies. And take a Sabbath. Do those two things, and then you'll start to ask God the question of, who do you view me as? Where is my approval? Do you accept me? Where is my value? What is my identity? Then you start to seek him in that Sabbath. You start to seek him with your questions, and you start to find who you really are, because it has nothing to do with this. It has everything to do with this. This is your truth. This is veneer. This is fake. This is real. Find who you are, the best possible you. So for the next five weeks, I'm going to ask all of you to jump on board and play that game with me. No selfies. Deep breath. <gasps> okay. And take a Sabbath. One out of every seven days. Now listen. That may make your FOMO go crazy. That may, uh, that may make you cringe. That may make you go ridiculously out of bounds, but that may be the exact withdrawal pains that you need. Don't be lost in the chase of vanity. Be found in the pursuit of God. That's my prayer for you. So I'm going to pray over y'all, and then we're going to enter in a time to respond and worship. So let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, that you... Uh, <laughs> Father, I thank you that you allow us to laugh in the face of these realities, that you give us humor, that you allow us to realize, yeah, this, is, this may be convicting, this may be true, this may be me, but God, at the source of all of it, it's you desiring to call us deeper and deeper into relationship with you, deeper and deeper into what our identity really is, into the truth of who you made us to be, because we're not found in what other people think of us. We're not found in the in the likes. We're not found in the followers. We're not found in the retweets. God, we're found in you. So Father, I pray that every one of these people would have a sense of your, of your power, would have a sense of your, of your anointing upon them, a sense of your blessing as they leave, because the truth is, it's not easy. God, it's not easy in our culture, in our day, in our world, as a millennial, to sit here and, and cancel out the noise around us and find our true identity in the source. God, we're never going to find our love, our joy, and our peace in anything but you. So would you overwhelmingly make it apparent to us that we find it in you, that it's right where you are. And God, I pray that as these people are, are bold enough and courageous enough to seek you, to accept this challenge, to take 35 days of, of not getting lost in the chase of vanity, but getting found in the pursuit of you. Father, I pray that as they, as they seek you, as they draw near to you, God, that you draw near to them. 
that you would not just meet them halfway, God, but you would run 1,200 times faster than they are and run and pursue them. Allow them to know that you love them more than, <laughs> more than we love you. So, Father, may we be found in you. May you give us every bit of our approval. And may we realize that, that when we find ourselves in you, we find our true self. So we can sing to you, we can pray to you, we can do whatever we need, God. We can find ourselves in you. So, Father, be everything we need, because that's exactly what you are. I love you so much. I thank you that we get to do this. Be glorified in this place, and let us worship you now. Everything we have for who you are, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.